business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Walt Bayless with the Business and People podcast today. I'm so excited. I've got Eva Scalzo on the line. Eva is the former captain of the US long distance swim team. Now, since then, she's gone out to create amazing businesses, starting as an academic tutor, creating that business all around tutoring students. And now she runs the Eva Scalzo Advising Center, which takes college students and their uh, choice of college that they're going through, helps them in their advisory process, and has got a 99% success rate with the college of choice for the applicants that are working with her. So we're going to talk about education. We're going to talk about college. We're going to talk about the whole system of setting up businesses. Eva Scalzo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Walt. I appreciate the introduction. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you on with us. Now, Eva, you have really specialized in your skill set, making sure that the the advisory uh, system that you run for college applications is really fine-tuned to delivering one result, and that's helping people get into the college of their choice, right? Correct. So it took like almost a decade of fine-tuning. I always like to say I'm constantly fine-tuning my business. I think that's super important when you um, own your own practice or your own business to constantly like fine tune and and find ways to be more efficient. Um, Also find ways to, you know, get your students um, more successful acceptance rates. Um, But it's a constant process of fine tuning. Yeah. Is that something that you formally do? Like, I mean, coming from your swimming background, like, so when I was doing my research uh, with you, I'm looking at that amazing swim career that you had. And then, you know, going through representing the, the country at the nationals, you know, being the captain of that team, you obviously had a coach, somebody that would take you after each, after each swim and say, okay, you did this well, you did this poorly. Moving that into a business field, talking about that continuous improvement, is that something that you find yourself doing as a formal process? Do you analyze the current status or is it just kind of like on the fly? Um, You know, I do analyze the current status um, and that's like the mental status more of these high school kids and kind of where they are Mm. um, in the process. And, and really I, my degree is actually in child psychology is what I ended up majoring in at Yale. And I have used that in my business, like almost every day. So um, using some of those skills, um, as well as what I learned under all the coaches that I had over my swimming career, um, I was coached, you know, for, for decades and decades. And then using some of those skills that I learned from my coaches and inspiring my own students uh, and my own clients um, to get to the next level is really important. Um, I think in business, having a business coach, I have an amazing business coach um, myself. And um, I think it's important to constantly, you know, again, have that coaching, have that support network. And I'm able to pass along those skills um, and the coaching and the um, positive encouragement to my clients as well. Fantastic. That's awesome. So um, as you've graduated, Yale, your, your first business in the entrepreneurial space was almost mm-hmm. as, a, as a tutoring uh, company, wasn't it? So you were offering tutoring, you set it up right. as a company and, and organizing tutors for the students. Was that, that was the first Correct. Uh, exposure as a business owner? Correct. So like I graduated from um, Yale and I wanted to start my own business. I um, wanted to mix like academics with like a very positive inspirational experience. Um, And I found that there was a great need for tutors in Orange County. And back then there was not a lot of online tutoring like there is now. It was really hands-on and it was really picking people that would inspire these students. Um, So I did a lot of like 
I don't want to say recruiting, but in the sense, yes, um, finding good tutors for these students to fit their particular needs. So I um, had that business for a decade and then um, took a little bit of time off and um, started this new venture about 10 years ago. So I, I love the concept of starting this business. And, and uh, we mentioned just before we clicked on the record button that the majority of our audience are entrepreneurs. So they're people that are driving forward toward their own goals. When you were starting, and I, I really want to, um, I'm, I'm going to talk about the tutoring business just for like one more second, and then we're going to move into what you're doing now because sure. I find that really fascinating. But when you were getting started, as you were building the, the tutoring team, was it a, a, mm-hmm. a slow process or did you just have like a flock of people that just wanted to, to come and do that with you? Or like, did you have to go out and, and hand place each one as you were building it forward? Um, it is a slow process. Anytime you start a business and you start putting people in positions, um, it's really important that people have your same vision and your same goals and your same value set and your same work ethic. Because if you put a team together that's not going to be 100% behind you, then mm. your business is going to falter. So it's um, it took a while to build a team. And um, by building it, I had like a very loyal and successful following with that. So I think that was really helpful. Fantastic. And then, so we, 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 we get to the end of that decade, which, which must have been amazing. And now pivoting into Eva Scalzo uh, advising, which is taking then um, college applications and getting students into the college of their choice. How did, how did you come up with that kind of change from, from one angle with the students to the next? Well, concurrently, while I had my um, tutoring business, I also um, was an interviewer for Yale University. So I interviewed undergraduates for admission to Yale for 17 years. And um, I had all that experience. And when I was like deciding if I wanted to transition my business um, to my business partner or start a new business, I was kind of in this uh, state of flux. I thought, gosh, I really love interviewing these kids but I'm constantly saying, no, like I'm saying, you can't get in, you can't get in. Like you're not qualified, you know, you don't, you're missing this or that um, because Yale has a very specific thing that they look for in their candidates. And so I realized like I could be of service to others and use my talents to help the kids actually get in. So I like to call it, I jumped the iron gates um, and went to the other side. And so I started this practice um, with, and this new business literally with one client Yep. And then build it to where it is now a decade later, which is like a worldwide successful business. Um, but you have to take the leap of faith. And, and that's what's the scariest thing is when you're going to a new business and you have one client, you know, and you are building your you know, a whole nother practice from scratch. I'd already had an extremely successful practice for a decade and then selling that and, and realizing like I'm not done with my purpose here and um, starting this new business, Eva Scalzo Advising, was very exciting, very scary. Um, but I was like, I know I can do it. Like I really Fantastic. believe in myself and I believe that I'm giving back to society in some great way. So cool. And tell me about those early years, Eva. Like, uh, so we started with, with one client. How did you grow the practice then from, you, you know, who were you approaching? Were you going out to schools, talking to, you know, career advisors there? Like what was your early days? So basically, like I took a couple ads out because, of course, that's what you're going to initially do, you know, and this is like before social media blew up. So you actually took ads out in magazines that were extremely expensive Mm -hmm. um, and kind of got the word out that way. But to be honest with you, because it's dealing with people's children. I think when people deal with either money or children, it has to be a personal recommendation or a personal referral. So I knew that if I like got a few clients under my belt and I did an extremely good job, 
then the word would get out and people would be like, oh, you got to use this person, you know, you got to use this company because they're doing amazing things here. Um, and so I had a couple clients like that where I got their kids into 10 out of the 12 schools they applied to. Wow. And these clients like put the word out around Orange County and, and I got more and more. And so now like I've built this amazing referral base over the last decade that is just constantly feeding the clients. But Fantastic. I think it's the personal word of mouth. Like if you're starting your own business, you know, make sure you have recommendations on your website or whether so. you're doing Yelp or however it is like where people can say, Hey, I use this person and they did a great job. I think people really look at that kind of stuff um, when they're looking for a provider. Yeah, fantastic. And, and I think there's a great lesson there for anybody, you know, making sure that the job you do at the start of the journey is so good that the next person naturally comes. Do you do any advertising now, Eva, or is it all word of mouth? Actually, since the initial run of advertising that first year, I've never advertised again. Congratulations. <laughs> so I, uh, I, yeah, it was, it was like really lucky and well-targeted, I guess. Um, in fact, now I have um, Vanity Fair in the November issue uh, just released a feature here in the States um, on the practice. So Fantastic. now I'm getting the like free advertising um, so in good. ways I never thought possible. So yeah, really? but it's exciting. I, I just, you know, I placed it right, I think. Um, but I really kind of, um, you know, haven't had to advertise one bit since then. Fantastic. And, and it would be remiss of me to have somebody like yourself on the call and not talk about college and mistakes and applications and all that kind of stuff. I want to, I want to get anybody who wants to get into the school of their choice onto your website. So that's evascalzoadvising.com. But it would, be, it would be a, a remiss of me not to at least go through some questions with you. So when, when somebody is applying, so let's, you know, a lot of the people listening are parents. They've got their kids coming through school right now. They're talking about college, uh, you know, or maybe they find themselves wanting to go back to college. And they might be in that mature space. Right. So mm-hmm. how, do, how do clients normally come to you in terms of what state of mind are they approaching you? Are they a parent? Are they a student? Are they confused and scared? Are they confident? Like, how do you find that, that initial uh, meeting with a, with a new person? Um, usually the parents are the ones that reach out um, on behalf of their child. And I set up a free consultation where I sit down with the parent and the child and talk about what their goals are, what colleges expect of candidates these days, kind of what their credentials are at the starting point of this whole process. And then um, from there, we determine if we're a fit because I only take a select number of clients. And so it has to be a match. It has to be a fit in the sense of in the same way you build a team that everybody has to sing together and want to work together because it's a long journey. There's so many complex moving parts now in college admissions, not only like during the four years of high school, but let's say you take a gap year, you know, a year off after high school because you want to travel or you want to do something amazing with your life or community service or whatever it is, like being able to come back to that process after that year off or, you know, students transferring from one college to another, international students, um, you know, you have some people going back to college, you know, that never got the four-year degree. Maybe they had a two-year degree. So there's a lot of different um, types of college applicants out there. Yeah. Um, and it's important to be able to be well-versed to serve all of them. Do you find, uh, I, I completely agree and I'm hearing you. Uh, do, do you find that um, there's a standard set of questions? Like the thing that popped into my head straight away, probably as an entrepreneur, was should someone go straight from school to college? Or should they take a gap year? Like, do you have a standard answer for that question? Or do you have like a, uh, you know, one size fits all kind of approach there? 
to be honest, it's totally case by case basis. I do um, have two students that took a gap year and are doing really well right now. They just started college in the fall. Um, But for the most part, most students um, go straight from high school to college. Um, But they're of case. Again, it's case by case basis on that. Yeah, cool. No worries. So, um, what are the what are the mistakes that you find that that the college applicants are making when they're trying to get into the the school of their choice? What are the mistakes they're making that are pretty common? Um, pretty common mistakes starting too late. That's I think the biggest mistake of all. Um, right. I think kids should start their freshman year of high school and actually build up their resume and their credentials and their extracurriculars and their clubs and and their life experience really starts freshman year and starting too late, like coming to me senior year, I'm not going to take you because it's too late at that point. So I think starting early is critical. The second thing is taking time with the application. So a lot of kids like, because there's so many different types of applications out there. Mm -hmm. It's not just a one application thing. Um, Kids start like getting sloppy and not paying attention and, and, and not filling them out properly. That's huge. I think that's the second mistake that a lot of people make. The third mistake is not focusing on the essay. So my clients um, focus a lot on their college essays because everything else equal, you know, anyone applying to Harvard is going to have a really high GPA and really high test scores and really high classes and marks and everything else, right? So what's really setting the candidates apart is the essay. So I encourage the kids, again, a lot of kids make a mistake and kind of rush through the essays and don't give them the time and effort they deserve. But those could be the critical component in getting these kids in. Now, I know that you run a workshop uh, where you actually have like the, the mm-hmm. essay writing environment where you, you, you bring in the kids in. It's the, the ideal environment for them to write the essay. They have all of the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the resources they need to put something like that together. You, are you finding good success with those workshops? Um, you know, I did my first one last year and, um, we had a pretty good success rate. I didn't, again, advertise it. <laughs> just like, I, you know, my clients were asking for it. And so like I put it together. Um, but this year we're doing a big social media push at the beginning of the year, um, to get the word out, um, to more, you know, students outside of my client base. And I think it's really, really important to find a place of like inner peace and where you can connect with yourself. So many of these high school students today are disconnected. They're like on their phones, on the social media, totally not connected with who they are, um, and what their goals and aspirations are and taking them out of that environment. And putting them in a space, you know, in the, where we go out to Palm Springs um, in a retreat and having, you know, yoga and meditation and all these other, you know, life skills taught to them um, and getting them in the place where they can write the essay and then giving them the skills and the teaching to have them write the essay. They're walking away with that college essay months in advance of when most people write it. Which is um, the night before. But it's <laughs> taking them. Which is the night before, right? Right. So it's, or the week before, um, but really taking them out of that environment and bringing them to that sense of inner peace and calm and being able to connect with themselves is so critical. And nobody else does that. Yeah, nobody in the cool. country does it. They only do like, you know, these high school workshops where you're in a room with 300 kids. And I have to tell you, that's like not going to be efficient. And yeah. in fact, I believe in it so much that I have it trademarked and copyrighted as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well done. Good job. So um, can I just wind back just a little, Eva? You, you were saying that one of the, the first mistakes, or the, the, the second big mistake was not taking enough time on the, on the essay itself. But the first mistake was not starting early enough. And we're saying as they're coming into that freshman year, so even like, you know, straight out of the gate, talking about building the clubs and, and their extracurricular activities and making sure that the resume is kind of building towards the college application, even from freshmen. Do you find that a parent or even a student will say to you, 
But Eva, I have no idea at this point in my life where I want to go and what I want to do. How am I ever going to start to think about that process now? So basically, like, we're not talking about what you're going to major in. We're not talking about, like, your goals. Really, starting freshman year, we talk about what do you like to do? What do you enjoy doing? What do you want to be involved in on your school campus? What are your friends doing? You know, and really kind of finding out, like, interests and likes. And then we take the interests and likes and we build off of those. And every year we build a little bit more until by senior year they have quite an impressive resume. Yeah, cool. So are you working with a client then from a a year-on-year building block kind of approach in terms of, okay, so we're going to get together at the start of this year, we're going to talk about this, we're going to get together halfway through. Is it a a regular process with with the student? Absolutely. So um, I do meet with my clients on a regular basis um, Mm -hmm. because we are building these blocks. Um, A freshman year, I just meet with them once because really they need to kind of get started on their path and all these things they need to do. But after that, I meet fairly regularly with my clients to make sure that we're following um, our plan of action. Yeah, cool. What about um, uh, as, as we're moving through that kind of college application process, we're getting into that senior year, we've got the, you know, the essays done, like the applications have gone through. How is your contact with those, those students then as they're getting into university? Are you continuing that relationship to help them through the process or is, it, is that where somebody else's expertise takes over? So I actually work with my students um, all the way to the end of the senior year. So we, you know, get the acceptances come in. We decide like, okay, what's going to be the best choice out of all the choices we're given? Who's giving you what kind of scholarship offers? You know, where are you going to be the happiest? We continue the conversation until they actually send in their letter of acceptance, which is usually around May 1st. Um, And then after that, what's really been interesting is that my students continue to follow me and I follow them on social media. So I really kind of keep track of what they're doing with their lives. And I have to tell you that like so many of them have reached out to me on LinkedIn, like once they've like graduated from college and have jobs. And, you know, said, hey, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Like, I'll never forget what you did for me. Like, I'm working here or here. I'm doing that. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Like, I'm making a difference. Like, people remember that, like, I taught them something that they used in their life. And and so I really continue communicating and, and building this amazing network of people that and individuals that are like now in all different areas of society that like I, I feel I had a, some small part in, in getting so cool. them to their goal. Can you give me, can you give me a brag? Like, can you say like, okay, I've got, uh, you know, two, two lawyers, I've got, uh, you know, a doctor that's come through. Like what, what's, what's, can you give me the, the, the list of, uh, of a few that have gone out from university? Yeah, I, I got a lot of people working in Silicon Valley. We'll put it that way with Fantastic. a lot of very successful startups. Um, I've got a couple like bankers, investment bankers um, with Goldman Sachs. There's, wow. you know, doctors strewn across the country. So a wow, lot of fantastic. really um, neat, um, neat, neat kids, man. It's just a matter of them finding their passions and following through. That's so cool, Eva. Can I ask you, um, at, with a child psychology degree that you picked up from Yale, um, yeah. when we're talking about some of these kids coming through school, and, and as a father myself, um, my kids are not quite at the, the high school level yet, but 
we, we obviously hear the chatter. It's, you know, coming up towards exam season here in Australia. Um, and, and the chatter yeah. about uh, the, the, these end of year exams and that kind of final year, senior year in school, uh, and the stress that the kids are under. Have you had the experience with, as your students have been coming through, you've been working with them towards that application process. Have you found yourself mm-hmm. in a counsellor role, being, you know, making sure that the, the kids themselves are feeling okay with where they're at as they're moving through that stressful time? Yeah, I honestly not only counsel the students, but I also counsel their parents, yeah. to be honest with you. I don't know who's more stressed out, the students or parents. Um, I um, really front-run the process a lot, so I have a particular program that I use with my seniors that we're front-running a lot of the work. So when they get to senior year, they're a lot less stressed than all their other classmates yeah. starting off. Um, but, you know, it does get stressful. You know, our early deadline is coming up one week from tomorrow. So a lot of the, you know, kids applying to colleges early decision or early action are like pulling their hair out and very stressed. But my goal has always been like never to stress them out and just to keep a very calm atmosphere. And I find that I use my child psychology hat just as much as I use my college counseling hat senior year. So there's a lot of like support and encouragement, but also a little bit of a push too, you know, like, I know you can do this. Like you've proven to me that you're a good candidate. So now let's do the work. So it's really a balance. And then, you know, I have students that have breakdowns and start crying in my office, you know, and I'm like, okay, it's okay. Let's take a deep breath. Let's reset. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll take a break from this college application essay thing for the moment. You know, let's take 10 minutes to talk about what's happening with you. Like yeah. let's share. And, and I find that by having that degree and that background mm-hmm. in this process, it's so stressful and, and hard and difficult. You know, these kids are still in school full time and doing their sports and everything else. Yeah. It's adding a whole nother dimension to their lives, like keeping that like calmness and encouragement, but also being there for them as a psychologist and, and a counselor on the other side, I think is really, really important. Absolutely. So even with like our, our listeners are all over the world right now. I'm hoping that there's some, some parents in some cars that might have some, you know, they're listening to this podcast on the way or they're on the treadmill, just about to go to work and they may have their kids in this stressful time right now. Is there any, any thoughts or any uh, techniques or any, any relief, I guess you could give to the parents who might be listening to help the kids through this time? Yeah. And I would say back off the kids (laughs) because I think the parents, you know, every parent wants to really provide the best for their child. That's just the way it is. You know, Um, you want to give them the wings so they can fly. So, you know, but also they're feeling tremendous stress and pressure at this point in their lives Mm -hmm. and backing off a little bit and just being like, okay, I know you're doing your job. If you need help, come to me. Otherwise, I'm going to trust you with the process. If you're stressed out or need to reach out, I'm here, but I'm going to let you do it rather than saying to the parent, Oh my God, have you, you know, the child, have you finished this? Is this essay done? Have you turned in this app? Like that stresses the children out. Yeah. Um, and really taking a step backward and being like, Oh, maybe go for a walk or here's your favorite ice cream or, you know, can I do anything to help you? You know, taking on that role instead of adding more stress and pressure onto them, I think yeah. is really, really critical at this juncture. Yeah. Okay. So the, as a parent, your natural in- inclination is to say, come on, have you done it? Come on, come on, come on. Uh, and, and right. you know, the, the reality is the kids in that situation know 99% of the time, let's say, they know the deadline's coming. They know what's required. So the, the best right. way to, to be helpful in that example is to be a companion rather than a, a, a driving coach. It's like, okay, you know, let's, let's 
do some of the activities that you enjoy. Let's take a few minutes out. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just refocus a little bit, take the pressure off a little bit. That's kind of the yeah. thought to, to help them through that time. Yes, absolutely. I mean, release the top on the pressure cooker, to be honest. Um, You know, you just, yeah, it is actually of all the steam coming out. But, you know, it's really important to be there, like the loving support. Like they are under tremendous amount of pressure and stress. Like A, kids are under amount of, you know, stress and pressure all the time in today's society. Mm. But adding something else already to their place. Um, just creates a more stressful environment. And really, you know, those tips that we talked about, you know, like saying, let's go out for an ice cream, or let's go for a bike ride or a walk, yeah. like, let's take a break from this, or let's go to yoga together, or let's just take 10 minutes to watch friends or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, just getting them their mind off of it and not, um, you know, being stressed about it, I think would be great. Fantastic. And Eva, thank you so much because as we look at, you know, this, this interview, I'm hoping that uh, the par- parents can feel that kind of uh, different approach and, and, and helpful tips that might, you know, be able to take their teenager through to an amazing future and a, an amazing career. As well as that, I'm hoping that the entrepreneurs who are listening are hearing your story from starting businesses and listening to your clients and providing excellent service and, you know, getting the, the referral-based businesses going. So I think we've got, like, got two uh, great avenues covered there with the, with the, the chat, which is awesome. Uh, Eva, if I could ask you, um, one of the questions that, that I love asking our guests is, is about the, the, um, the lecture, I guess, that they would give, the TED Talk they would give to a room full mm-hmm. of senior students graduating, right? So if, if you mm-hmm. have, and actually we could even go, you know, towards a college graduate student, and you had a couple of minutes on stage talking to mm-hmm. either one of those audiences, just coming out of senior year or just coming out of university or college with their degree, if you had a chance to stand on stage, talk to the kids about their next steps, knowing what you know now, what kind of things would you be chatting to them about? Well, it's funny because I've done a lot of TED Talks, so I know you've got like 17 minutes yeah, to right. do your pitch. Um, so I think that um, I the pitch that I would give them would be like to really follow your passions. Right. It takes a lot of guts to be able to do what you love every single day of your life. Um, and it's not always about the dollar. So, you know, that a lot of people get focused when they graduate, like, oh, I have to make money. Like I have to, you know, have this successful career and all that stuff. But really the focus should be on, I'm doing what I love. I wake up every day and I love my job. And I can honestly say that since I graduated from Yale because I started my own business and I knew what I wanted to do and I was passionate about it, I wake up every day and I love my job. It doesn't matter if there's like 20 essays in the queue right now and I've got to finish by midnight. I love my job. And I can honestly say that I get up every day and love it. And that's what you really need to do with your career, whether it's a senior going into college, like study what you love, study Mm. what you're passionate about, not what your mom or dad tell you, like, oh, you have to be a doctor or lawyer, you know, do what you love to do, because you're going to be really unhappy if you're a doctor and you didn't really want to be a doctor. Um, You know, and the same with college graduates, you know, graduate and go into the field that you always wanted to be in. Don't go into a field because somebody said, oh, you should do that, or you're going to make a lot of money doing that. Do it because you love it. Because when you have to wake up every single day at six o'clock in the morning and you're not going to bed till 12, you're hoping you're doing what you love. Yeah. Can I, can I drill into that just for a second, Eva? Have you, with the, the, the understanding of the world as we have now, a couple of businesses under your belt, you know, the, the great successes that you've had myself, you know, with the, a couple of businesses as well, all that kind of thing. Do you have the situation where uh, somebody's gone into college, they've, they've 
probably gone into a, a course, a degree, a, a, a channel because of that's what they thought their parents wanted. And then a year or two mm-hmm. years in and they're like, I, this is just, I just don't like this anymore. Have you had that situation? How do you deal with that if it comes up? Um, yeah. And I've had actually the students reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, like I thought I wanted to like be a doctor or a lawyer and I really hate what I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm transitioning. I'm, I'm going to get my teaching credential because I've always liked working with kids. Can you help me out? So I have had a few cases where I've like helped those students um, that were former clients pivot and, and really do a career change, um, you know, because they weren't, you know, really that passionate about what they were doing. And, and really, you know, I think a lot of kids, you know, uh, kids coming out of high school and kids in college, they're still so young and they haven't discovered who they really are as individuals yeah. and, you know, what their passions are and how they're going to contribute to the world. And, and so they do listen to the direction from their parents or their advisors or whoever's working with them. And, and think that, oh, that's what I should be doing because everybody says I should be doing that. But that's not necessarily the case. Like my mom was a professor of nursing and my dad was a rocket scientist. So they, you know, my dad was like, oh, you should think about engineering. I'm like, I hate math. That's not going to work. My mom <laughs> was like, oh, you have to be a doctor. I'm like, well, I don't really want to be a doctor because I really don't like blood. Um, so it was very interesting because I was like, okay, I, I know you want me to do these things, but that's not who I am. And that's not what my passions are and I'm going to find those passions while I'm at Yale and then I'm going to do what I really want to do and they I mean I remember them I came home from Yale and I'm like this is what I'm doing like I have decided and they're like wow okay how are you gonna like pay rent and have a car and <laughs> how are you gonna feed yourself and and have insurance and and pay off your student loans and I'm like oh I'm gonna do it because if you're really passionate about what you're doing you're gonna be successful Um, And I have to say, my parents are like so proud of me and tell people the story of like, oh, we thought she was going to be a doctor. That's why she went to Yale. And I was like, never was going to be a doctor. So really um, being able to, again, kind of back to the initial point of the conversation, being able to pivot and being able to reinvent yourself and really do what you're passionate about is really, I think, important in life. And, And I think if you can do that, then you will always be successful. Yeah. And you'll have fun along the way as well. Um, so I'd like, you know, if you find yourself in that position, don't be scared about the change, but actually embrace the change because that'll, that'll you know, drive you down a, a much more fun, joy-filled path than, you know, the next 10 or 20 years of, of doing something that you hate. Speaking of which, Eva, if we, if we could, you've given us your, your, your pitch for the TED Talk for the Room Full of Students, which I love. Um, what do you think 20-year-old Eva from now, so yourself in 20 years, what do you think that Eva would give you as advice for this next chapter that you're coming into? Uh, I would be like, uh, find a way like to kind of, you know, exit this stage eventually somehow and, and be able to inspire like millions more people around the world in some way, sense or form. I really um, like working one-on-one with the kids, but I think my future self in 20 years would probably be like, Oh, you can create much more of a worldwide impact um, rather than just stateside. Um, and I actually have like started segueing into um, having clients in London, which is really, really fun. Fantastic. Um, but just really kind of expanding that into like a worldview and, and not limiting myself and, and limiting myself, uh, my vision and my abilities. Fantastic. So academic advising worldwide. I love it. I think that's, uh, that's an exciting future to look forward to. Eva, thank you so much for, jo- for joining me. I, I, I love the, the niche 
that you have found yourself in as a, as a passionate practicer of helping people achieve their futures. And I think that's fantastic. And, and again, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to bounce a couple of questions off you. Guys, if you're listening and, and you're, you're finding yourself in a situation where you're looking at your kids, perhaps, and that you want them to be able to achieve what they're looking to achieve in their world, evascalzoadvising.com is where you need to go to get in touch with Eva. There's a whole bunch of information there. Uh, and of course, keep in touch with Eva because what she's doing is helping people find their future, uh, regardless of whether that's college or any other path. That's what Eva's whole methodology is all about. So again, Eva, thank you so much for joining. I know I, I've caught you in the car. You. You're in the car park. You're, you've made time to jump on the call with us, which I really appreciate. Uh, again, thank you so much for your time. I've, I've really enjoyed the chat. Thank you so much. Everybody have a nice evening. Thanks, Eva. Cheers. Hey everyone, it's Walt and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.